When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Tamika. How you hey, doing? Hey, what's up? Nothing much. How's your day been? Uh, it's going all right. You know, Top Chef is in the background. <laughs> so, oh. they're nervous. Now. Sarah may go home. Because <laughs> she didn't know how to bake. Or she used cornstarch to bake a cake. <laughs> Not flour. How dare she? How dare she? It's baking 101. <laughs> what? <laughs> so... Uh, I just want to say welcome to the show again. I do appreciate you being on. Um, yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, I have Tamika back with me again. We're going to be talking about all four Karate Kid movies. So if you're a big fan of the 1980s uh, Karate Kid movie, you're going to be getting a lot of Karate Kid stuff right now. So with further ado, let's get on with the show. So, yes. <laughs> so I remember watching the Karate Kid as a kid, no pun intended. Um, and I remember the impact that it actually had on me to the point where, and you know, go on ahead and take karate lessons. And I really felt like at that time and everything, I really wanted to go and take karate lessons to defend myself because I was actually a victim of bullying and stuff like that. But also, too, Daniel also was my spirit animal to where I wanted to actually do that. But in case anybody doesn't know what the Karate Kid is about and living under the rock for the last couple of years, Mm. the Karate Kid (laughs) is centered around uh, a kid named Daniel Caruso. Daniel Caruso is a victim of bullying. And, of course, you also have Pat Marie, Maurice, I believe I'm saying his name right. Oh, um, the Asian guy? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Pat Marie. Well, anyways, uh, Mr. Miyagi winds up taking him under his wing and starts training him to be uh, the Karate Kid. And, basically, he's trying to compete in this competition to where he can go ahead and take down the Cobra Kai Dojo. So... When I told you that all three of these films were actually on Netflix, what did you think about it? I was excited. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I get to do my homework, finally. (laughs) It's more accessible. Right, because I was like, okay, do I want to go ahead and buy all four of these movies, even though they're not that expensive, because I actually looked it up on Walmart and everything, and it's not even that expensive to actually own all four of these films. It's not a bad idea to own no. it because if you get in that mood where you're like man you know what I want to see the Karate Kid and it's not on Netflix and you're like oh crap oh wait exactly. I got the DVD you know <laughs> exactly because here's the thing whenever I message you I was excited about it I'm like okay we got to do this thing right away because we don't know how long that's actually going to be available on Netflix hmm. you know because it could be here today and then gone tomorrow that's Netflix. Exactly. But 
I like the opening scene where Daniel is actually moving into this uh, new place in California. And he's not familiar with this town or anything like that. He's just moved in. He's already talking. Like, he's already um, making friends. He ended up making one friend inside the apartment complex and everything. And then he goes into this whole entire party where it's all on the beach. And that's when he meets this girl. And this girl, so happens to be, has a jealous ex-boyfriend. And next thing you know, Daniel winds up getting his ass kicked on the beach. Yes. And then you were talking about this theory that has gone around or has been for years that Daniel was actually the bully. Right. That's another thing, too. I mean, I saw that on YouTube and I'm like, eh, I don't think I quite believe that, that he was a that he was the bully. I always thought that he was the victim of being a bully. But then after I started seeing seeing in a different light after that theory i said i could see where he has some douchebag tendencies to where he wasn't the victim in certain areas and everything because some of the stuff he actually does ask for you know like especially at the dance whenever they're at the high school dance and everything he's dressed up as a shower he goes on ahead and sees one of the cobra guy kids lighting up a joint and he winds up Somehow or another, he has a water hose with him. Yeah, that magical and, water hose we talked about. Right. And he just pours the water on him. And the next thing you know, he winds up running away from uh, Johnny and, the, and his gang. I'm like, okay, that part I can actually see that, you know, he asked for that. Especially when, you know, Miss Miyagi told the dojo uh, guy uh, uh, and everything saying, look, John Gleese, we're not going to go on ahead and fight you or anything like that, and you're not going to fight him. He's going to have total immunity until this tournament o- is over with. Once yes. Up, and Daniel's just going around going, I have immunity, pretty much. It's like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, but also, Mr. Miyagi brought that on Daniel. Like, he didn't say, hey, Daniel, get this the game plan. I'm going to go in there. Right. I'm going to tell them we're going to a tournament. He just kind of sprung it up on him like, okay, well, my kid is going to be in a tournament. And Daniel's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't right. you excuse see... his douchey behavior, though. Exactly. But you also see Miyagi kind of looking around the dojo. And then all of a sudden he sees the poster and taps Daniel on the shoulder and makes him look at the poster. Yeah, yeah, because his dad owned a dojo too, right, Mr. Miyagi? Yeah, Mr. Miyagi's dad did own a dojo, and that's how he learned. That's how he was looking around, like, huh, Right. this ain't a good dojo. (laughs) Because on the walls of Cobra Kai, it's like, strike first, don't show weakness or something like that. Right. It's just the opposite of the philosophy of karate. Of what um, Miss Miyagi teaches, anyway. Yeah, and in general, like, right. um, With karate, we were looking online, me and you, like, because we were talking about, you know, getting in karate classes as adults. I mean, I was, and you were (laughs) like, I'm never doing that again. But anyway, I pretend like you're going to do it with me. So we were talking about (laughs) signing up for karate (laughs) classes. And one I was reading 
Oh gosh, it wasn't jujitsu, bushudo, something like was, that. Right, bushudo. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, the purpose of it is um, not to attack, but yeah, defend yourself when needed. But mostly, it's not a form of I get to attack somebody just because, because they don't know I know karate. Right. Yeah, it's like you don't. <laughs> You don't invite um, harm in your circle. I'm making the rest of this up. But you don't invite harm (laughs) into your circle. You know, you go with nature and you just go with the flow. Now, if harm comes in your circle and you didn't invite it and somebody touch you, you have the right to to defend yourself. Yeah, that's Tamika's philosophy mixed with Bushido. Right, and that's also Miss Miyagi's <laughs> uh, philosophy as well, because he even said karate in your heart, karate not around your waist. Yeah, because even Daniel goes, "Well, do I get a black belt? Do I? What kind of belt do I get?" And he was about, and Miss Miyagi he gets, is getting ready to take off his belt. <laughs> <laughs> that part made me laugh, yeah. but the Cobra Kai way is strike first, strike hard. No mercy. And that's their whole entire thing. Yeah, like, if somebody's down, they're like, finish him. I'm like, there's no honor in that. No, there's no there's no mercy. Even yeah. he says it. There's no mercy. Mercy is for the weak here in the streets in competition. Mm, that's like American karate. That's not... <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's extreme... Not, that's not... That's like Mortal Kombat karate. Yeah, that's like Americanized karate. That is not the original philosophy of karate or jiu-jitsu <laughs> or anything like that. But also, what I read on that website was saying that you use the enemy's energy against them, which I yeah. found really cool. Which is yeah, like with to... Mr. Miyagi, if you notice in his fight scenes, he's the the people that are coming after him, he's using their body to fight each other. You know, like exactly. if somebody strikes him, he'll move out the way and that person punches their friend in the face. It's like your energy is there to harm your friends, not me. Exactly. And that's exactly how Mr. Miyagi wanted trains his students though. Self-discipline. Defend when necessary. Don't attack people unless they bring dishonor to your uh, friends in your circle or you. You know? And Kreese's philosophy is a whole all jacked up. (laughs) It's like run out of them and punch them in the face and then keep punching them until they die. Exactly. That's pretty much Cobra Kai. Run before the cops see you. (laughs) Exactly. But let's talk about some of the other stuff, though, too. I mean, you have Daniel. Like I said, he's an outsider to California, to this environment. And the very first thing that Daniel does is like, yeah, I know a little bit of karate and everything. I I, I took down a couple of people before. And I'm like, okay, you're already showing your douchebagness by telling another person that you don't know, that you know how to defend yourself, when really you don't know how to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. No, and the karate he studied was in a book or something. Right. He thought that he could actually learn karate in a book rather than hands-on. Yeah. Oh, I know karate. I saw it in a book. It's like, okay. Might as well 
You might as well say, hey, I saw Bruce Lee before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he probably saw some Bruce Lee films and he was like, oh, okay. I know karate now. Right. And then but, even that one guy, he doesn't even show up anymore. The one that yeah. he invited over to the beach. He's like done with Daniel after that. Yeah, that was the guy that he met when they first moved in, like he mentioned. And he was welcome to the neighborhood and there was a party. And then he abandoned him when he got his butt kicked. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to be around that loser. <laughs> exactly. He's <laughs> like, and even his own friends were like, you invited him? Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't know him. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like well, I thought he was, he was an okay person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. Well, it's like you were saying, um, he's in this new environment because he's from Jersey, right? And I'm a. So he's yeah. Italian, Jersey, blah, blah, blah. Right. He's coming into California in the 80s with his bleach blonde white dudes <laughs> everywhere. Even the motorcycle gang, Cobra Kai, they're like blonde dudes on like dirt bikes. And they're mostly, like you said, like surfer dudes as well. Yeah, surfer, you know, you know upper class, middle class. Everybody's well, blonde. Even... even the mom mentioned it. You know, in Karate Kid 1, how everyone here is just blowing. That is funny, though, that they actually mentioned that and they're making fun of their own selves in yeah. the film. Yeah. So I like the fact that they actually did that. That's actually a nice touch on that part. And then not only that, but it also shows you the difference between how Daniel was living, which he's actually low class, not middle class, because... Mm-hmm. You know, for crying out loud, the uh, swimming pool that's inside that apartment complex hasn't been cleaned or anything. Ew. It's dirty. Yeah. And this girl that he really likes and she's like that she likes him is rich. Just like Johnny is rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just goes to show you the two different environments that they come from. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it has that um uh I wonder if I can sneak this movie in here. It has that dirty dancing <laughs> type of feel to it. You know, <laughs> you know, where he was like, you know, baby and everything. She's like upper class. Yes. And Patrick Swayze's character is like this low class dude who's just, you know, minus the dancing. So right. Karate Kid is kind of like dirty dancing without the dancing, but mostly dirty. And karate. Right. Especially if you look at Cobra Kai fighting dirty. Yeah. Punch. Like them, even in the tournaments, you know, they go after the person they're fighting and then it's like, finish him. And then they punch him while they're down. And I'm like, my thing is, why wasn't any flags thrown? Like, you're disqualified. The referee was like, hey, stop. Okay, continue. I'm like, no, that's a foul. Right? That should have been. Points taken off. There should have been points taken away, not only points taken away, but also, too, if they did it again, that was an automatic termination after the third strike. Yeah. And like, you know, Johnny was saying at the end, well, in Cobra Kai series, but uh, Daniel did a legal kick, you know, to toward him. Yeah, to the face. There was nothing said about that. And that's why people like Daniel is a, a bully. And a villain, the villain of the movie because he kicked Johnny in the face. And I was like, well, Johnny punched him in the leg or something. I almost broke his leg. So... Yeah, he actually snapped his leg in half just about. And 
punch but, him in the ribs. Yeah, but I guess technically they both aren't doing the the way of karate. Like it's not about revenge either on Daniel's part. No. Daniel just want, is getting tired of being harassed and everything. Well, it is kind of revenge, though, if you think about it, because Daniel's a being is getting tired of Johnny and his yeah. mess and everything. So he wants to defend himself. He wants everybody to look up to up to him rather than look down to him, because he's also been treated like a wimp and a coward. Mm-hmm. But then he winds up also turning around being the exact copy of what Johnny is, if you think about it, whenever he treated the girl that liked him, the only girl that actually had eyes for him. Well, this is the first one? Yep, this is the first movie. If you remember, it was in the arcade and everything when Daniel's trying to apologize to his uh, to the girl to the girl and everything for the way that he was acting. Because remember, Johnny made moves on her at that... Uh, banquet and Daniel happened to see them kissing but it was really Johnny that was making the moves because he saw Daniel in the kitchen from a distance that's like a old adage like with every movie you see something like that and then you walk away before you really see the true meaning right. of it like oh he forced her to kiss her and then she slapped him in the face but you didn't see that part I saw him was kissing and right, then you leave like, oh, that slut, you know. <laughs> exactly, and I loved yeah. her, <laughs> and that's what and... it is too. Like, like you was saying when Daniel was like, "Yo, I'm sorry," and um, you know, she was like, "Oh, no big deal," or something like that. I don't know. And he was confronting her like, "Well, you don't want that kiss, Johnny," and she walked away. Right. And he's like an ass. Like, oh, you don't want to kiss Johnny. And then her friends actually said, way to go, genius. That's actually the only girl that actually cared about you. Yeah. And he goes, you missed the other part. He goes, what, the panda's on her ass? And she goes, no, idiot. The part where she ends up, ended up punching him. Yeah. And that's what she happens ended up punching Johnny. in every single movie. The guy comes and he's like, well, you're the one that did X, Y, Z. And, you know, I guess it's up to the girl to say, no, I didn't. I, if you stay longer, I punched him in the face. Right. You know, it's like that in every movie I've seen where the guy makes an ass of himself and he's accusing the girl without even knowing the whole truth. Right. And that's pretty much the whole 80s theme, though, if you think about it. Just about yeah. every single 80s movie had that kind of theme to it where you have something like that that goes on. Yeah, and even in the, today's movies too, I don't. Right. I, there's probably a word for that, but it, it just seems to be recycled a lot in movies. Exactly. <laughs> then there's the karate training, though, too. Yeah. Not really. I know that we're kind of back backtracking back and forth on some of this, it's but fine. I mean, I like it. I like I like this kind of flow, though. Um, but I really like the fact that you know how Miyagi trains him and he's thinking that he's just doing all this Tom Sawyer kind of work with this chores that he's making him do. Paint yeah. the fence. Wax on, wax off. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's he's pretty much teaching him how his dad teached him, which I don't know how his dad trained him. Because we never found out in any of the series. 
But no, I assume that his dad trained him in like chores and doing stuff like that. You know. That's probably like the beginner's guide on how to do karate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a pretty cool way to teach somebody. Clean this right. car. What do you mean clean this car? This ain't karate. Mm, yeah, in a sense it is. <laughs> Daniel saw. Daniel, you go ahead. You wax car. You wax car. I'm not waxing your car. <laughs> wax on and wax off. Wax off. And then I'll, I like the attitude that Daniel gives him. And he goes, Daniel son, come here now. <laughs> what? I'm getting tired of doing your car. I'm getting tired of pinning your fence. And all of a sudden he goes, show me a wax on, wax off. He well, does it. He blocks it. He's yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, Keanu. Whoa, dude. You imagine so, Keanu I'll... Reeves was in that role. Dude. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, I did, like I said, this movie is definitely my childhood. I go back to it every once in a while to watch it and everything because I love um, the Karate Kid series. I love the first one. And I think that's pretty much that I wanted to actually talk about with the first film. But is there anything that you wanted to add to the first one? Yes, we go into the history a little bit of Miyagi's background being a World War II soldier. Mm, And his past with like his his wife and son dying. Um, Was that when he came back from the war? No, Uh, because he got a telegram, right? Right, he got a telegram and everything when he was in the war with that. And then also, too, Kreese was also in the war, too. So you have two war-type yeah. heroes as well. Yeah, you different know, periods. Different periods and different uh, countries, though. USA mm. on one side and then the, on, the, on the other side, a whole different country. Mm. Yeah, because Kreese, I'm assuming, was in Vietnam War. Yeah, if it's going based off this timeline of this movie, yeah, Vietnam Vietnam War was where he was in. Yeah, huh? I just yeah, that's interesting. I never noticed that before. <laughs> like how you put those two aspects together, right? Because I mean, think of it like this: it, it kind of showed on the third film, which we're gonna get into in a few minutes, but yeah. what's and stuff like that, where it actually shows a little bit of Miyagi's background, but at the same time, these two guys are actually similar to each other in different ways. It's like they both fought in war, but their whole path, different paths kind of went into a different direction. Mm. Like the war never left Crease. The war is still going on in Crease's head. Well, in a sense, it, the war didn't leave um, Miyagi either. Because every time there's a... I'm sure he thinks about it, but we didn't really see the effect until no. it was his... Was it like an anniversary? Him and his wife's anniversary? And then started yeah. drinking a lot and remembering. And he keeps yeah, was, all the like newspaper clippings from the war and his Medal of Honor. Valor's... Um, yeah. Medal, but, yeah. Yeah. He does do that, but it's not on the same level as Kreese, where it's every single day it's war. But Miyagi, he does it for a little bit, where he has that one night of drinking a little bit, remembering, and then he puts it aside. 
Mm. You know, he keeps it. Yeah, he just keeps it inside of him. Rather than Kreese, Kreese goes on ahead and uses the war that's inside of him as a way of teaching Cobra Kai. Mm. Yeah. In a sense. Interesting. Okay, we need to move on because we're going to get into a deeper rabbit hole. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) part two opens up a couple of days. Actually, it opens up a couple of days later after the events of Daniel actually winning the competition in the karate tournament. And I like the fact that they actually go back to the day, the night of what happened with Kreese. Because it was the day that Kreese winds up uh, getting humiliated with um, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I like. Yeah, I like that. It's like a a chapter of a book or something that they just go back to, and those shows in the eighties did that a lot. You know, where they like last they did that with Back to the Future. On, oh yeah, some shows do that now, where they right. have a voiceover. You know, and it said last time on facts of life right blah 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 and then you get a little recap and then you go you roll into the story right but yeah that's right and then we talk about the setup a little bit into two yeah yeah that's what i wanted to do yeah yeah sorry (laughs) no it's okay but it goes into that and then it goes on to like two or three months later after uh after all that happened after everything went down where crease winds up tearing apart Johnny's trophy because he doesn't think second place trophies is just as good as first place trophies. He tears that trophy up and then of course Miyagi steps in and everything because Kreese was about to beat the heck out of him. And you know that's when things started go started going bad for Kreese later on. But you know like I said it opens up about two or three months later. Daniel is on and that girl broke up, which every single teenage goes through, you know? Yeah, but Daniel. With breakups. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, breakups I went through all like, this. This relationship is like instant, though. With right. the movies, it's like, boom, broke up. Boom, broke up. Boom, <laughs> Well, not only up. that, but it was also prom. He runs into something with the car. Mm. No, 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 no. His girlfriend ran into something with the car mm-hmm. that he let her borrow. Which was another adolescence thing where teenagers don't know what they're doing, even though they think they know what they're doing. Mm, mm, mm. Where they're letting their girlfriend borrow the car or their boyfriend borrowing the car. And that's like a big no-no. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But, but, you know, then he's going into the whole entire thing. Well, Allie broke up with me. And it's just a horrible time, Miss Miyagi. It's just a horrible time. And... You know, I like the whole entire thing where now he's not tied down to anybody anymore or anything like that. He's wondering what he's supposed to do now, now that summer's here, school is out for the summer. And, of course, you know, he's on his own. Miyagi's going out of town. So it's all about trying to find his place now, where he where he's going to go, what he's going to do for summer vacation. Yeah, and college. Like, is he going right. to college or not? Right. That struggle within us, like, okay, am I going to go to college? Am I not going to go to college? Where, where's my life going mm-hmm. at this yep. rate? And I like that whole entire thing because we don't get to see that much from the 1980s like that. 
where we actually had something where it's like questioning your own own tuition where where you're going what what are you going to do with your life kind of situation well from some a teenage of the perspective John Hughes movies did that well right. there were some of the their his characters that were questioning what direction they were going to go after high school uh what they wanted to do with their life finding their own voice i feel like that's maybe more so it was touched on in the 80s maybe it's touched on now but I don't know I believe so I mean it's more touched down now than it was in yeah. the 80s John Hughes definitely does touch on that yeah but you know it's that whole thing of okay I went through this trial with this girl where I was being bullied where I was being picked on and then I apologized for being a jerk and then all of a sudden now it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So then he's asking Miyagi if he can go to where to where he was to to where he was born at. Yeah, he went to Japan because he yeah. didn't receive a, a letter that his dad was sick. Is that how he yeah. got to Japan? Yeah. That's actually how Miyagi gets to, is wanting to go back to Japan. Uh, Okinawa. Okinawa, yeah. yeah. And that's when, you know, at first Miyagi was hesitant about letting him go with him. Because if you remember, like, I don't know if you should go. You should stay here with your mother. Your mother needs you. Yeah, and then it's like, you know, that money... He used money to get his own ticket, and he's like, "Well, that money's for your college fund, right?" It was like, a big thing right. Miyagi had about him going to school and saving for college. And Daniel yeah, was like, even, "You know, I don't know right. if I'm going to college." So, exactly. He even mentions that in the third film, though, too. Because mm-hmm. Daniel's like, "You don't need to go with me. You need to just go to school. You need to do something with your life." And then it was like, no, I need to go with you. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you were there for me, so I want to be there for you. Exactly. And I like that aspect. It shows the friendship that Miyagi and Daniel actually has, where they both have respect for each other. Yeah, they do. Mm. It was deep. It was definitely deep. And then when you, now, if you thought that he was out of his environment in the first film, and the second film, he's definitely out of his whole own environment. Yeah. He's an American kid in Japan. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like the aspect that he at least is trying to learn about the history of Okinawa. You know, like the language, the history. Um, but also, we see that Miyagi has a, a bully as well. <laughs> a rival know, of his own. Yeah. that So... Can you? I got lost on that part. So, okay, with Miyagi. Um, so this rival guy I know is mad at Miyagi for basically stealing his girl, right? Well, no, who dated stealing her his first? girl, leaving? Yeah, to go to the uh, to go to the U.S. and leaving him behind because they were friends. They were best friends. So where does the so did he meet this girlfriend before the wife, or is this the one he got married to? That's the part that threw me off. 
I think this is the girl that he ended up falling in love with before and, all that. Oh, before the wife. Right. Okay. I think this is the the girl that he had his eye on before then. Mm, okay. Okay. So that would make sense in my eyes to uh to think that. Okay. Yeah, because that part threw me off. I was like, wait a minute. So he had a wife and a son and died, you know. And now we got this girl, and I'm like, who is this girl? <laughs> I was so yeah, he's a player. Yeah. So I got this girl on my arm and the other one on my left. Boom. <laughs> Miyagi no best. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, uh, that was actually a girl that he fell in love with before everything, and he said that his biggest regret was leaving her behind. So it's kind of like a childhood uh, love. It's a childhood love and also a childhood best friend that has beef with him even after that. After he, Miyagi took his girlfriend. Yeah, so, and he was saying that in Okinawa, um, uh, what did he say? Something about grudges last longer? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, grudges last longer. And Okinawa, uh, I can't even say the word now. Yeah. Yeah, so I know Daniel's like, geez, it's been 20 some years, the guy's still <laughs> he's not over it. It's like, okay, no. Anna. yeah, because yeah, they fight, you know, they have a disagreement, <laughs> they fight, and whoever wins or loses, it's like, okay, that's settled. But if he left right. and didn't face the guy when he was like, hey, you know, I went out with your girl, he just kind of left with her, right? Didn't they say they left together? To the U.S. or no? Yeah, yeah. He so he so he took um he took his Miyagi took his girl. They fell in love. They both went fled to the U.S. He didn't say goodbye to him. So yeah, that's why he's like bitter <laughs> twenty years because <laughs> nothing was resolved. I guess to him. Exactly. Yeah. And Karate Kid 2 is like Karate Kid 1, but in Japan. Well, another thing Daniel says <laughs> that I... This is what I like, though, too. Because, you know, when my father died, I spent a lot of time thinking I hadn't been such a great son. It seemed to me like I could have listened a little more, spent a little bit more time with him together. I felt so guilty, you know, like he did everything for me and I didn't do anything for him. Then one day I realized that I did the greatest thing I ever did for him be, before he died. I was there with him, and I held his hand and said goodbye. And then Miyagi's father, upon, um, and so that was his way of actually comforting Daniel after so many years of being away from his father. Mm, yeah, yeah. And everything. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Miyagi's rival was also a student of his dad's. So they both, I assume, studied together under his father. Exactly. And he was chasing him around Japan, like, you gonna fight me or what, bro? And he's exactly. like, no, I ain't gonna fight you. I'm trying to show my boy over here my uh, homeland. It's like, everywhere he popped up, yo, bro, you gonna fight me or what? Well, even his nephew was the same way, though, too. He wanted to fight Daniel, and Daniel's just there for sightseeing. Now, I will say he was a victim of bullying yes. in the second one. Legit victim of bullying. All he was, he was there at the right place at the wrong time, 
know, <laughs> when the but, speed war is going on. Also, the you know the ice scene where he went into yeah. like this bar room or club, whatever it was in Japan, and he was with the the town girl, whatever her name is. She's like a local that right. knows the Miyagi's dad. I don't know her relationship to them, to be honest. But um, yeah, they were walking around Japan in the city and he Daniel came across his bar room or like you know where they do bets and everything else he's like oh let's go in here he's like no you don't want to go in there so he went in there he's like no nah, come on let's go yeah they were Let, placing bets look. like who's gonna break this ice for like a hundred dollars like gambling everything right. that is not kosher was is in that place <laughs> and then guess who pops up the nephew and he's like i bet you can't break these six blocks of ice six hundred dollars yeah well first also well, him going in there was him asking for it as well exactly you know? and then that i can't say like you mentioned that there were a lot of americans in this movie and hardly any japanese in a sense like outside right. the, the village, but also I mentioned to you but, the army base. Exactly, that's what I want to get at too. Yeah. Was like, yeah, you like you mentioned to me when we were talking back and forth before we before we did this was yeah I reckon I I remember not that many Japanese people being in there and everything, but once you broke it down to me and explained to me that well it is based around a uh, U.S. military base and stuff like that, so that actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Miyagi was talking about it too. How his village, where he took Daniel, where they were, where they were staying, used to be a fishing village. But since the war, which I assume is after World War Two, all the fish dried up, and then you had the big commercial ships coming in, and they took all the fish, and then you had a U.S. Army base there, which is still there <laughs> in uh, right. Okinawa. It's a, a a well-known army base there so even to this day um americans there's a lot of americans in okinawa through the military and i saw that okinawa is more it has more of a um like a mixture of american um like restaurants and everything else since it's a little bit more americanized in a sense because of the base and what the soldiers brought into Japan, they kind of right. adapted to the culture a little bit more, even more so than Tokyo. Which you travel to Tokyo, yeah, they speak English, but in Okinawa, they speak majority of the time English as well. And more things are uh, more American friendly, I've heard, in Okinawa to this right. day. Another thing, too, was there's actually that thing with uh, when his when the guy's father, not the nephew, but after he breaks the ice and everything, the father, well, before he breaks the ice, the father comes in there and Miyagi comes in there with him and Miyagi goes, I'll bet $600 that he does it. Mm. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? Miyagi be yeah. getting him in trouble. <laughs> right. And he's like, what? Yeah, Damn. he's like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> hey, look, I can't do this, Mr. Miyagi. I yeah, I can't break all this ice. What's wrong with you? And then he was, they were doing this like 
quiet meditation before they were breaking the ice and everybody was like, what's wrong with these clowns? You know, because everybody <laughs> that tried breaking the ice, they just went for it. You know, like the Cobra Kai right. way, strike first. <laughs> but with Miyagi style, it's kind of like visualize what you want to do. You know, and then once you're ready, strike. break the ice. Yeah, strike. So it's more of a a centering yourself type of philosophy with Miyagi. Like center yourself, visualize what you want to do, which is kind of right. like Bruce Lee type of philosophy. In its Most sense. definitely. And also too, um, the father who also taught his nephew how to do karate He's been. This is all they know. That's all they know how to do is do karate. So you're mess. So basically, Daniel's getting his ass kicked by a top notch karate ex- expert. If you think about it, yeah, Asian Johnny, right? Yeah, <laughs> and or Asian Johnny 1.0 or 2.0. Yeah, 2.0. <laughs> and you know, I love it when Daniel goes on goes on ahead and takes the money back from him during that time, whenever they're dan- dancing and stuff. And all Daniel knows how to do is the crane kick, and doesn't he knows only a little bit to actually get him a little bit further into the uh, competition with the competition, and that was it. He doesn't know as much karate as Agent Johnny. That's what I'm gonna call him. I'm just gonna call him Agent yeah, Johnny now you're because Agent I don't. Since this because, is Karate Kid one, but in Japan, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's dealing with a rich person's uh, nephew and everything too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, right. Santo was the uh, was the father. Yeah, there's no blonde head headed people. No, <laughs> no. Thank God for that. <laughs> but but you know he went. He, he's just as crazy as his uncle is, though. Yeah, he is. And then also to destroy Miyagi's uh, village and everything else, and that was just crazy. Okay, so toward the end of Karate Kid Two, wasn't there some mysterious rainstorm or something that came through? Yeah, it was a uh, either a hurricane or something like on that level. And okay. we're back. All right. <laughs> All right. So you were asking me about that mysterious storm that you mentioned that were that you were talking about. Yeah, what's up with that? Where did that come from? I mean, okay. I know that hurricanes come, but right. that just seemed like somebody threw a bucket of water on them and then right. blow some fan. <laughs> <laughs> but if you remember correctly though, it was uh the day after Santo was supposed to demolish that whole entire village. And we were the bulldozer, remember? He said there was not going to be anything left of the village. Everything is going to be demolished because oh. of that. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before the storm even happened. Then overnight, it just appeared out of blue, like you said. And, you know, I like the fact that they actually put that in there. I didn't feel like it was actually rushed or anything like that. I know it seemed like out of the blue, there's a storm, but. What it did was it kind of rebuilt the foundation and the beef that was over with between Miyagi and Santos. Mm, you know, okay. it rekindled the it rekindled the friendship because now they realize there's that they have to get along to actually 
rebuild their village back all over again from nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. So it's like the the storm came to wash away all the grudges and everything exactly. else. A blank slate. Exactly. You're Start deep. off fresh. You're deep. <laughs> I, that's what I got. You're deep. I don't know what Thanks. to say. You're deep. <laughs> but another thing, though, too, is it shows the cowardice of his nephew. His nephew wasn't going to um, re, uh, rekindle anything or anything like that. His beef is his beef. He was going to still kick Daniel's ass no matter what and everything. Yeah, he had no reason. What was his reasoning with Daniel? Um, basically, number one, I believe Ace and Johnny liked the girl that jo- that Daniel was with. Uh, of course. And, <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, too, was the beef that his uncle had with Miyagi. To also amplify that even more. And basically, if an American is making moves on someone that is another race and everything, too, that's also another issue, probably as well. Mm. It's like nobody makes moves on our women but us. Yeah, and Americans in other countries, especially in Asia, are foreigners. Right. So that's what I got out of it, though, too. It goes way beyond the Miyagi and Uncle Beef. I believe that's kind of what happened with Daniel, though, too. Mm. Is is that. But, you know, he wasn't going to bury the hatchet. Not only that, but he was also a coward. The uh, nephew was also a coward because his uncle goes, you need to go on ahead and help those uh, villagers out and everything out of the storm because I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Now that that you mention it that way, or put it that way, it makes sense. Because it's like all the foreigners that they knew at this time period, which seems like there's, there's this time period, this city hasn't been like open to a lot of Americans. They're the only Americans they know are military. So there's like this adverse feeling just pedestrian yeah like oh americans you know it's so loud and military blah 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 so yeah i don't mean to get so deep into karate kids that's the movie but (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i went deep though too so okay But yeah, I like this though. I like the fact that we went kind of deep with this. <laughs> yeah, but all the movies, Karate Kid movies, they end very quickly. It's that like, is very true. All right, he learned a lesson. Yay, freeze, end. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> right, I, he just got done whipping the bully's ass and everything. Words go up, he hugs Miyagi. The end of story. Yeah, just like in one where he did the crane kid. They're like, Mr. Yagri did it. Oh, freeze. The end. And you're like, whoa. It's like somebody shoved food down your mouth and said, chew, swallow, walk right. away. Like, I have to digest this ending. You know, you have to kind of right. do like a slow fade out. You can't just go cut. That, that's what 80s movies did though there wasn't no like slowness or anything like that it's like okay that's a wrap we're done mm, no wonder we're the way we are <laughs> but another th- thing though too is I like the fact that it shows the after effect after the tournaments on the second movie 
sense. Yeah. Because we didn't see that. Yeah, it runs like a sitcom. Like it just rolls into the next episode. So that's pretty cool. But what did you think about the whole entire uh, fight scene with this one? Because this one's a lot different. Because he had actually, he learned a little bit of the karate stuff, not only from Miyagi, but from the girl as well. Bakata or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, his karate training was expanded a bit more. Because I know that, wasn't this the one where Miyagi had Daniel go into the, oh, um, the ocean? You know, say go further, go further, further. Yeah. And basically it was teaching him about balance. Yep. He taught him about balance. Not only did he teach him about balance, but he also taught him how to block though too. Mm -hmm. Because remember when he throw when Miyagi gets that gliding thing and he winds up throwing the glider at him. He's trying to block it. And that's also teaching him balance and teaching him how to focus. Yeah. So this one was about focus and balance. Right. Awesome. (laughs) So now we have part three. Okay. Part three, everybody. (laughs) And part three starts off the same way that part two does. Of course it does. The whole entire scene. (laughs) Where the after effects of Daniel winning the trophy. And then after that. You have Johnny who winds up getting his trophy broken into. Miyagi comes over there and he shows mercy to Cleese, which we also got from the second movie as well. And he said that he had every chance to go on ahead and kill him, but he didn't. I love the fact, too, I forgot to mention this from the first, second film when Miyagi goes, Mercy is for the weak. And then he acts like he's going to go on ahead and karate chop his neck. And all of a sudden, he just goes on ahead, grabs his nose, and goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's him fall. And he, Daniel even does that in the tournament, though, in the second one, though, too. Ah, uh, yes. I know from yeah, we're rewinding back <laughs> that I know but, that Kreese, when he launched after Miyagi, you know, with the trophy, that right. Miyagi just That's moved an- and he, like, his fist went through a car door. And right. Miyagi kept moving and his fist went through another car door. So he has like two bloody hands that are cut up. And he's like, oh my gosh. So, right. and everybody's looking at him. So yeah, his his pride was very wounded. But also with three, you go back to Crease's story, which I, which is pretty cool that they go with, this is what happens after the bad guy loses. Right. I like the fact that it primarily focuses on him because it shows the after effects of what he did with the dojo because after that it was tainted because yeah. of what he did at that tournament. Yeah, nobody, nobody wants to learn from right. Yeah, from a loser. <laughs> and not only that, but he also couldn't pay for the dojo or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. And then he goes to his wrist friend who he protected in war too. You know, he ended up uh, protecting uh, John uh, Silva, Terry Silva, who uh, looks in the war like the Green Ranger Jason David Frank <laughs> with the slick ponytail. To be honest with you, he does. That <laughs> could have just like... been Jason David Frank, and we didn't know it. I don't think so. I know it wasn't, but he could have just slid <laughs> right. on in there, <laughs> right? We had body doublers. Yeah, why not? He knows karate too. But you know, I think that. 
the way that the whole entire setup was was really good, especially whenever Cleese tells Terry, goes, I'm done teaching karate and everything. My dojo is done. I don't have enough money to pay for the rent or anything like that. It's over with. Here are my keys. Go on ahead. Do what you got to do. And Terry's like, no, man, you have my back from the, with the war. And I'm going to protect you just like you protected me. And I'm going to have Cobra Kai dojos all over the place. Mm. Wow. And yeah. Did you get that? Did you get that context out of that or no? Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering the formation of Cobra Kai. Was it in Vietnam? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Cobra Kai probably was the thing that him and Terry came up with. Hmm. Because probably remember the name of their they, unit, right? They probably named it Cobra Kai. Probably the name of their unit. Yeah. But another thing, though, too, is this. If you remember, he tells uh, Terry about how he wants to get revenge on Miyagi and Daniel. Because yeah. at first, he wasn't sure if he was going to go about doing it that way until Terry tells him, no, we're going to go that way. We're going to go on ahead. We're going to strike him where he's weak. We're going to make it to where Daniel is hurting. Then we're going to wound, we're even going to hurt Miyagi 10 times worse because Daniel's not going to listen to what Miyagi has to say. So there's that aspect. Yes. And you like Terry Silva, which I hated him, but then I was like, that is a smart villain where he <laughs> infiltrates, it's like you infiltrate the enemy's compound. Like he revamps himself as, oh, you know, Crease is dead, and oh, I was a student of his, and oh, Mr. Miyagi, you're so great, you're so perfect, blah, 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 and oh, I just take my sad old self somewhere else. I don't have a master. Right. Oh, dear. Well, another thing, though, that I liked, though, too, was when he drops Cleese off at the airport, and he tells him, he goes, don't worry, we're going to do this the Cobra Kai way. Mm-hmm. And that goes to show you that it's even deeper than dojos. It goes through brotherhood of being in the war together. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it does. And tactics of being a wolf in sheep clothing. Right. <laughs> because, like you said, he's like, okay, Crease is dead. I'm now the manager of Cobra Kai. And he said that Crease said that you have heart. And Daniel took that to heart, though, because that was something that that nice, something nice that Crease supposedly said, even though that's totally opposite of who Crease is. Yeah, and then he found like the biggest, baddest um, karate guy, basically another Johnny. Right, and but like, sometimes worse than Johnny. Yeah, he set up everything. Like he set up this tournament. He set up finding another Johnny. He set up that. The Johnny number three, basically, since we're on Karate Three, is with well, some more thing... goons are gonna harass right. Daniel and basically, uh, Silva set it up where he turns up the pressure on Daniel. Where he has these guys coming after him every five minutes, like, "Are you gonna fight me in a tournament?" And then he's like, "No, no, no!" And then they just keep coming at him, coming at him, and then. His relationship with Miyagi becomes a bit fragmented because Miyagi doesn't want him to be in this tournament as well. So, right, because he wants him to concentrate on his college, which is another thing that he mentions again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because don't forget, I, I want to go back to this one quick thing. Yeah, remember yeah. whenever, remember when Kreese is going into the airport? Just as he's going into the airport, you have Daniel and Mr. Miyagi coming back home. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that in passing, you know? Yeah. They, they, they do that a lot. Well, not that aspect. I guess it would be called, they have long shots. Like they have long shots. If I go back to Karate Kid one, Daniel was talking to his mom, right? In the restaurant. And if you look outside the window, Johnny number one is across (laughs) the street looking like, is that him? Oh man, we gotta beat him up, you know. So I need to see that now, now that you mentioned it, because I didn't see that. Yeah, he's there's a whole scene going on, even when he's talking to his mom. The long shot scene, and you have Johnny and the goons, Johnny number one, and the goons, and they're like, Is that him? Oh man, we gotta kick his butt. And I think it was in two as well, and it probably was in three and so forth. Right. But that's the scene that I liked, and only that, but also like the fact that Miyagi is still trying to tell Daniel, No, you're not going to defend your title. You need to concentrate on your college. That's what your mom wants you to concentrate on. Because don't forget, uh, his mom is busy taking care of his uncle, who's sick. Yes. His uncle, Melton. Yes, he is. (laughs) So, you know, he gets to stay with Miyagi. Daniel's all happy and go lucky. Then Silva comes into the picture. (laughs) Yeah, and everywhere he sees... um... Yeah, here's the other thing. So, in all these karate movies, all the villains know where the people live, and they just show up at the doorstep. <laughs> Yo, what's up? You want to fight me? Um, excuse me, this is my backyard. It's called trespassing. <laughs> like every karate film, they just show up in a backyard or in their house. They break in and like, "Yo, you gonna fight me?" Like when we introduced to Terry Silva, the wolf and sheep clothing Terry Silva. He just like comes in the backyard like, oh hey Mr. Miyagi, I'm Terry Silva. <laughs> I used to fight on the crease. Oh no, he's dead. AKA he's in Tahiti getting back massages. He's like, right. oh no, he's dead and oh no, he said you were a good person, blah blah blah. I'm like, first off, does anybody lock their doors in LA? Not in the 80s, it seems like. Yeah. It seems like everybody knows where everybody lives. Yeah, and then Terry, like, I think a couple of uh, scenes after this, he breaks into Miyagi's house, looking around, peeping out stuff. I'm like, okay. And And all he has is a sliding door, like they they used to have in Japan. I'm like, well, can a sliding door at least have a latch or something attached to it? Right, at least a lock. Or yeah, something. he just slide in, slide out. But another thing, though, too, is back to what you're saying about Silva showing up. He also shows up when Daniel and that girl is both jogging. Yeah, he's been keeping tabs on him. Like, you know, I turned the pressure up. I've I've had these boys harass him to sign this contract for this tournament that I funded myself. So that this kid that I sought out can defend his title. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? And they're, like you said, they're training by themselves. Miyagi won't train them. Um, 
And he's like, oh, you know, you should you should keep going, you know, keep training. Oh, if you need help, I can teach you. Right. And then there's also the other thing, though, too, where Daniel also helped Miyagi build make a bonsai tree uh, shop. Yeah, he put up his college college money. Once again, he must have a lot of college money because he bought (laughs) a lease on some abandoned store. Don't forget, that's also the six hundred extra dollars that was added to that college fund, considering the fact that he wanted off of Asian Johnny. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, okay. I forgot about the cash prizes. Yeah, he wanted the six hundred dollars plus he whatever his college's institution was in the bank. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh. yeah. Spoiler alert: He never goes to college. <laughs> sometimes you don't need it da, 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 da. Nope. <laughs> uh, but yeah they but those three goons they wind up showing up inside the inside the shop as well yeah and what was that like they're rebuilding the shop right and right. they're just trying to be open and Daniel met another girl but this time he's in the friend zone so this isn't a girl so, um, you know, the girl comes over, sending mixed messages like, oh, my grandma fixed some macaroni and cheese and I just have some extra ones. I'm like, okay, mixed messages all over the place, but okay. Right. I thought she just wanted to be friends. So he just. Especially when she said, right, especially when she said that she just got into out of a bad relationship. Yeah, she's like, I got out of a bad relationship. Oh, but we're going to work it out and I won't be here long. But we can still hang out, right? He's like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Friend zone. Daniel should be actually be happy, though. He probably doesn't have to worry about some other guy whipping his ass as actually belongs to another girl. Yeah, this guy just after him for business transactions. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and what was up with, like, so the the hired goon plus Silver's goons, every time they come into the shop, they turn the lights out and then they talk to Daniel like, yo, Daniel, you got to sign. I'm like, is this an orgy? Why do they keep turning the lights out? They just come in, click. Hey, man, you going to sign this tournament thing or what? I'm like, first off, how for the sign you turn the lights out? And second off, why you keep turning the lights out and what's going on? You want a piece of me that way? Or I don't understand that part, but I think too much, so. I just didn't understand why every time they came in unannounced, it's true the dramatic effect. Oh, okay. It's well, a- that was creepy in this day and age. If you do a movie like that where you turn the lights out and you just break into somebody's room and like, hey, man, you going to fight me or what? How I to fight you and the lights are out? <laughs> turn the lights on. <laughs> yeah. Turn the lights on so I can see how to fight you. I mean, I guess dramatic effect, but you know. Right. I just think But every much. single time Right. Well, not only that, but every single time when Daniel gets into trouble, Miyagi is always there. Yeah, he appears like mist. I'm like, whoa, where he came from? He's in the backyard <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Especially when he had the uh, sliding door at the shop. It's like, boom, there he is. Like, does he sleep back here? Because I don't know why he just came. But then I liked it too when, so you know how you said that they just randomly show up at his 
house, and then all of a sudden, Silva just goes on ahead, acts like he's taking them all out and everything, staging the whole entire thing, and then he has that whole entire book on sweet kicks. Yeah, yeah, because, um, you know, the higher goon, of course, everybody can come to Miyagi's house whenever they want to, because <laughs> he doesn't lock his doors. So he comes in the backyard. Hey, man, you going to sign this or what? He's like, oh, my gosh. I am trying to relax in the backyard. Why are you harassing me? Of course, Silver, sheep in wolf's clothing come. Hey, man, he said, leave him alone. You know, and he's like, of course, I'm pretty sure they choreographed that whole thing where they right. fight you each other. You know that they did. Yeah. Ugh. He's so smart. That's what you get when you have somebody that has money. Yeah, that's why you like Silver because he's like a genius villain. Which I like. The, I hate him, but he is smart. He is smart, and they did try to get layers to Silva, which is a big credit to eighties movies because usually when you look at the first two films, it's just one dimensional with their villains. With this one, they actually did try to get some layers with Silva. Yeah, I still hate him, but then I'm like, he's I a genius because, like, the real villains are the ones. Well, nowadays, the the great villains are the ones that the audience is com- uh, perplexed about their own morals. It's like, okay, he's a bad guy, but he's been done wrong, too. So I don't know how right. to feel. Terry, on the other hand, he's a bad guy. I don't know quite how he was done wrong, in a sense, uh, me personally. But infiltrating the enemy's compound and pretending to be a sheep in wolf's clothing is pretty genius. Exactly. I thought that was actually pretty good. And that's also how you learn about Miyagi, though, too, with the 42nd Infantry as well. Yeah. But you should have known, son, too, his hair was still slicked back. Like, his hair could have at least been a little bit curly or something. Like, oh, I'm Terry Silva, the good Terry Silva. The only thing he changed was he wore like a white t-shirt, but every time he's a villain, he's in black. Right. Another thing, though, too, this is actually another funny part, though, too, that they actually did. I want to look poor. So he goes, <laughs> he gets like like a couple of hoopties. Not poor that, enough. That, no. Right. <laughs> like what? Not poor enough. What's that? Honda Civic ninety five. Okay, I take it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. The engine about to I'm, fall out. Good. I'm thinking to myself, you guys are an accomplice to murder, pretty much. Yeah. Your maids, the person that's actually being the secretary, she's old, but she's still committing. Uh, she's still basically being an accomplice after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, I want to look poor. Give me some plain clothes, white t-shirt, and some jeans, and some Reeboks. And I'm still going to slick my hair back, though. I'm not touching my hair. (laughs) No, got to keep that hair perfect. Got to keep my villain hair while I look nice. I'm like, first off, even the Green Ranger, when he turned white, changed his hair. Well, even he wore his hair down. Yeah, I wore his hair down. You know, hello. Even when, like, this is exactly like the Green Ranger. Because even in Power Rangers, quick segue, even in Power Rangers, when the Green Ranger was evil, he infiltrated the other Rangers at school. He's like, oh, my name's Tommy. I'm new here. Oh, I'm so innocent. 
and he was getting like all the dirt on all the rangers and then he was getting all up in the pink ranger's head like manipulating her and stuff and he knew how to defeat them because he studied their moves right green ranger boom (laughs) i solved it karate kid 3 is like the green ranger with money green ranger cobra kai Green Ranger Cobra Kai. I would actually watch that. I would too. Matter of fact, I think we kind of did watch that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, I actually met him. This is a quick segue, which we're gonna get back to what we were originally talking about. But it's kind of related to it, right? Because there's karate and Power Rangers. Yeah, it's related. Okay, good. Thank you. So anyway, <laughs> I actually one. met the Green Ranger in person, Jason David Frank. Uh, at Dragon Con, one of the Dragon Cons I went to in Atlanta, my friend, she was, I think she's still a huge Green Ranger fan. Um, she brought some of the items she bought, you know, like how you buy the toys at Target or whatever. Yeah. And, but you have to pay for them to sign it. And I was like, this is a ripoff. So she gave me like, the 60 bucks, I think it was, to um, get her her item signed by Jason David Frank, which at that time, I was over Power Rangers, and I was exhausted, and I thought this whole thing was wrong, but, you know, whatever. So <laughs> I met him, and he's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, I don't know. I'm just so <laughs> tired. He's like, oh, I'm I'm sorry that you're tired. I hope it gets bad. I'm like, yeah, me too. I want to say this kind of damn thing so I can get on with it. <laughs> Sick of this. <laughs> I just gave her such like, I'm just here to get my toys signed and we can move on. Yeah. I don't want to have a conversation, Jason. Just no, sign the damn toy. It was his energy. I, I just got right. turned off by his energy. I don't know what happened. I used to love him and his energy just kind of turned me off. And then I was just like, I'm over this whole thing. I don't know why you charging these people sixty hundred dollars just to sign some <laughs> Target tour that they bought at Target for like fourteen dollars. Anyway, back to the movie. Okay, I've been holding that in for a while. Okay, I'm glad Karate that Kid Three better. just brought all those memories back up. But you were saying in the dojo <laughs> with him being in the black robe and everything with the <clears throat> with the karate outfit on and my other favorite thing though too that I want to actually mention before we get into that part was whenever Daniel goes Miyagi teach me how to sweep okay mm. okay Daniel stop okay hold on you see you take one hand right here <laughs> yeah Basically, here's a broom. You just sweep. No, I'm right. talking about sweet kick. I hope <laughs> to defeat this guy. <laughs> that part made me laugh. <laughs> but, you know, whenever he's, Sari Silva's in his black outfit and everything, it's a whole different level of craziness. Yeah, I'm like, come on, With Daniel. Why, I, why don't you pick up on this? Because he was slowly turning Daniel into Cobra Kai. Like, you could see the transition of Daniel. Like, he was like, well, hit harder. And Daniel's questioning, like, this isn't what I learned from Mr. Miyagi. You know, and he's like, strike right. now. Then he struck. He striked. He's like, oh, this feels pretty good. And then his attitude started to change. Like, his temper started to get a bit more shorter. 
And you can kind of see that throughout the film, like how Cobra Kai is basically just infiltrated. Like the philosophy of Cobra Kai is infiltrating who Daniel is and he's slowly losing who he who he really is. Right. Then there's also another thing though too where Kreese told Terry to make his uh, wrist bleed. His knuckles bleed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, work through the pain. Right. Yeah, because like, oh, I'm bleeding. He was like, I don't care. Keep going. Use the pain <laughs> as motivation. And then there was also another thing too though where Daniel was on the cliff with the girl and everything doing uh, rock climbing to tr- get the bonsai tree. That and then they thing was stupid. That part, that part was stupid. I do have to admit. <laughs> so when uh, you know the the goons came in, they messed up Miyagi's place. I, did they burn it down? No, no, no. They didn't burn it down. Okay. They didn't go on that level. Okay. Well, they messed up the place. So. Um, Daniel was like, oh, if I get this rare tree that's at the edge of this mountain, which I don't even know where they were anymore. I'm like, I didn't know bonsai trees were in L.A., like down a cliff somewhere where a waterfall is. But anyway, he was like, if I get this rare bonsai tree, then I can pay for Miss Miyagi repairs to the shop because they damaged the shop pretty badly. Right. Which I thought that was actually pretty noble of him to want to do something like that. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> I'm like, is this thing on eBay? Because I can <laughs> <laughs> ship to <laughs> It's like, boom. <laughs> Miss Miyagi, boom. There's your bonsai tree. Boom. Amazon two-day prime. There you go. Daniel, Daniel, bonsai tree and heart. Not online. <laughs> I could just see some type of philosophy. I see it online. <laughs> I didn't pay for Prime for nothing. Right. <laughs> but then you see the goons also in, Cobra, in the old Cobra Kai studio. And then you see Crease all of a sudden just pop out under, oh, uh, pop out behind the bill, the billboard that he has. The cutout. Oh, but before that, like, you know, when they were getting the tree and everything else and they were climbing up. The goons appear, and I'm like, they're stalking these people. You know, because they're at the top of the cliff messing with the ropes, which is dangerous in itself. And they're like, sign the paper, fight me in a tournament, and then I pull you up. Like, what is that? (laughs) That's psychopath attempted murder. Yeah, it is attempted murder. That's psychopath (laughs) behavior. And he's like, okay, all right. The midway, he's like, where is it? Did you sign it? He's like, are you going to pull me up or what? I just want to know, did you sign it? Then I pull you up, you know, and then he's like, um, just pull me up first, and then they let the rope down on the girl about to kill her. So he was forced finally into signing this piece of paper saying, I give my consent to fight you in this tournament. And then, of course, they he also throws the bonsai tree up with the goons. Too, yeah. and tell them not to throw it over, and then they break it. Yeah, they break it in half, and then of course, uh, I actually like the concept though. I don't know if you went this deep into it. Whenever they break the bonsai tree, Daniel goes on ahead and gives it to Miss Miyagi to heal up. But if you think about it, what uh, Terry is doing to Daniel and them is breaking them up. 
mm. and everything. And Miyagi also feels broken. He feels just like the bonsai tree does. Ah, oh, that's deep. Yeah, because he put like a, a tape or something around the bonsai tree. Yeah, he goes, strong root lives in tree or lives in you. And, mm. you know, I also looked at it that way too. Daniel is strong. Together, they are strong together. Yeah, because he was the more he was with Terry, the more he was separating from Miyagi. Right. And he was getting short tempered with him. And Miyagi was like, Yo, what's up? Why are you acting right. this way? Exactly. And he even said it Miyagi uh, is broken. But I like the fact this is how I got, got, out, got into it, though, too. This is what. I felt like the bonsai tree represented, I felt like the bonsai tree represented Daniel and Miyagi's relationship mm-hmm. and how broken it is. The foundation has been broken between the two of them. Wow. Oprah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go Oprah Winfrey Oprah. on the 1980s mm. movie that was supposed wow. to be fun. Well, Oprah was but... in the 80s, so yeah. True. Oprah. But, you know, uh, I know you wanted to get one of the also talk about the whole, that whole thing in the studio with Cobra Kai, with Crease. Yeah, that that was scary. That was like it scary for me. Where Crease, you know, where Daniel finally figures out that Terry Silva is not the good Terry Silva. This is the bad guy. Um, right. When he comes in the studio, he's going to tell him, hey, I'm not going to fight this tournament. And of course, Terry... Um, you know he can't pretend any longer. He's like, "Look, you gotta fight in this student this um tournament." And Daniel's like, "What? Why are you being so pushy about this?" And you can't course, make me do something I don't want to do. Yeah, of course the goon comes out the back room and like, "Yo, what's up? You gonna fight?" And then he's like, "Oh my gosh, this is an ambush. This isn't Terry <laughs> Silver that I knew. What is going on here?" You know, and then. Like you said, the cutout of Crease, he was backing up. All of a sudden, Crease pops out his cutout like, surprise! I'm like, oh. <laughs> Which was like it for me, chapter one and two. I'm like, oh, that's the scariest thing ever. Especially the way he looks when he comes out of that cutout. Just like the cutout. But you know what's funny, though? I could actually see him behind the cutout, though. You can actually oh, see him. Can oh, I didn't see it. I was too yeah. caught up in Daniel figuring out what happened. And because I always like to go into the background and see if like if I can notice something. And I'm like, okay, but I was a little that scared me because I was involved with Daniel's character. I already knew what was going to happen, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let this dialogue play out. But I want to see if I can actually see Crease behind there. You can actually see Crease behind that cutout. Oh wow. I just got so caught up in Daniel. I didn't even see it. I jumped you like Daniel. I was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> but yeah, uh, then also too, he goes, you can't make me do something I don't want to do. But Daniel, I've been making you do things you don't want to do all this time. Mm, yep, he was. Between the Cobra Kai training through tearing him and um, Yagi apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he hired that guy when he went to the club with the girl. Yep. And broke her nose. Broke his nose. Yeah. And then that's also what made him want to go on ahead and apologize to Silver and tell him, look, I'm not going to be entering the tournament or whatever because the repercussions of what happened. 
and everything of him knowing that that's not who he is. Yeah, he was yelling at Miyagi. He was yelling at the girl. He was just short with everybody. And he's like, wow, this isn't me. This and he a... even tells the girl that, though, too. This is not me. This is not who I am. Yeah, because he punched that guy like a psychopath. Like, he was down and he was still punching him. He's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and blood is all over his shirt, though, too. Yeah. So, my question is this. How, okay, the girl's over there packing her bag up. It looked like she was almost done packing. <laughs> By the time Daniel got there, I'm like, you just got in from a date with Daniel and you're almost, your bag is almost packed. <laughs> yeah, I'll be leaving too. Like, I'm going to go early. This guy's a psychopath. <laughs> like, I'm going to go see my ex. Yeah, let me go see my ex now. Maybe he's less of a psychopath than this guy. I kind of low-key thought we had a future, but after that, no. 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 No future. No future. <laughs> but let's go into the tournament Four. now. Oh, sorry. The tournament, yes. So, <laughs> I have to laugh at Terry, though, because, yeah, he endorsed the tournament, like you said. Mm-hmm. But he's also talking about how great Cobra Kai is and how the respect that he got from Cobra Kai and <clears throat> how much Crease um, has taught him over the years. Yeah, Cobra Kai is a can- for the community and Indeed. build up the children and we're all about honor and respect. And I'm such a good community leader. Mm. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> Wow, exactly. It's like, oh yeah, this is a good. I mean, the name is strange, but they're they seem like they're for the community. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the crowd is booing at them at that point. Some people are like, oh okay, maybe they are. I sign my little kid up. <laughs> <laughs> Want to learn discipline? <laughs> yeah, that's where Cobra Kai teaches. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the whole opposite. No, do not do it. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, there's a bunch of psychopaths. That's what that is. But, you know, by the time this thing wraps up and everything, you wind up seeing Daniel's redemp- redemption. And it was also a quick match, though. Yeah, it was. It's faster than the other two matches. <laughs> yeah, it's like one, two, boom. All right, we did it. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I feel like you they know? could have drawn that out a little bit more. Same. I felt like they could have, because all that before and everything, they could have actually dragged it out a little bit more. Yeah. You know? A... But I do have to say, in the second one, I feel like that the second one, there was more of that before that actually worked, and it actually dragged out a lot more. Mm, okay. Compared to the first one, I do feel like there was a little bit more, a lot longer. Yeah. Because Daniel was actually trying to figure out how he was going to actually take down Agent Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny number and, two. And I felt like that was actually the better fight and everything out of the, uh, for, uh, the other films. But the third one is definitely good because of the whole entire setup with Silva. Yes. It, yeah, it is good. It, I was actually surprised, really. Because I was like, I don't think I remember seeing three at all. Uh, 
But yeah, the the whole uh, deepness with Silva and uh, Daniel's redemption, which seems to be the theme of Karate Kid Three: redemption, right. forgiveness, uh, revenge, of course. <laughs> right. And now we're dealing with part four. Yeah, which I forced you to watch and you didn't want to see it. Because <laughs> you just said remember, it's my least favorite. And I saw it in the theaters when it came out. And this is, I did too. What? Oh gosh. The next Karate Kid with Hillary Swank. Right. Which I we really, have Johnny number four. Right. <laughs> But this time you have Hilary Swank who plays Daniel Caruso's role, the lead role. Because I like I like the fact that they actually put a woman instead of a guy in the spot now. Because that's actually something different that the nineties didn't do too much of. Yeah, they did. So I actually, <clears throat> so I actually respect the fact that they actually tried to do something with that. They kept um Mr. Miyagi in there. And of course, it's also dealing with the loss of her father though too. Yes, yeah, it is. I mean, it four starts out pretty good, you know, like it makes sense because Miyagi goes. Mika. Hey. Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. We're fixing and editing. Yeah. We're going to be all right. Yeah. So you were saying about this fourth one. Oh, yes. So part four actually starts out pretty good because Miyagi went to Boston for like a commemoration celebration. Of uh, honoring the Japanese soldiers during World War II and American yep. soldiers, which is a real thing <laughs> that they have commemorations like that. So right. it's pretty cool. Um, and right. from there, it goes kind of off the rails. Like, this doesn't make any sense. So, him coming to Boston made sense because um, also um, Hillary Swank slash Judy, Julie, her grandma, well, her granddad was being honored too when she passed. So the grandma was there and Julie lives with her grandma. So she, her family knows Miyagi through the war. Exactly. Yeah. And I like the whole entire thing. We have Julie who is a strong, independent kind of girl who's actually a teenager as well. And also, too, 
She's also a troubled teenager as well because she doesn't have that balance of having an actual father or anything like that. Yeah, her parents died in a car accident, was it? Yep. Yeah. In a car accident. Yeah, so she lives with grandma, the only living uh, relative that she has that I know of. And basically her mom goes, well, her grandmother goes out of town and then Miyagi's taking care of Julie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miyagi suggests that the grandma stays at his place in LA and that he'll be there watching Julie, which is strange to have some man that you don't know watch over your granddaughter. Right. I'm thinking too much. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he was also a friend of the family's though too. That she didn't know. But I'm thinking too much. Right. But you know, I do like that whole entire concept that Miyagi is back and now he's having to have to take care of a girl now rather than a guy. And the girls are a whole lot more a whole lot more different than what he was accustomed to with Daniel. Yeah, there's a lot more emotions involved. And oh no, this boy doesn't like me and what I'm gonna wear today and I have feelings. <laughs> and then he was like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do with you. I told I tell Daniel to wax on, wax off, and you so, like, I ain't gonna do that. I'm going shopping. Like I don't I'm going to the mall. Because <laughs> do you have money? He goes, and you don't need no mall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, You don't get me. He's like, Oh gosh, this is too much. And then when he walks in, like he opens the door and then she's in her bra. He's like, Oh my gosh. She's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> With Daniel, we just walk into each other's room. We're like, I got something to tell you. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, da- Julissa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He goes, Miyagi got a lot to learn about girls. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Don't walk into their room. <laughs> no. And then we see, like, when we're talking about three of the villains, or I was. Yeah, uh, we the, were both talking the about the 90s villain. Is a surfer dude with a surfer choker and a tight t-shirt and short hair and mom jeans. Right. Yeah. That's what the 90s villains look like. And then you also have <laughs> the guy who's in charge of that ROTC program. Yeah. That's what I was, I was thinking. I was like, what kind of program is this? Like you said, ROTC. That's what it looks like to me. You know, it's like an ROTC program for the um, the high school for the high school. But they and, they made it like it was some type of Cobra Kai type thing. Yeah, it does. It looks like Cobra Kai. Just a different. It goes to show you that just because Miyagi and Daniel took down Cobra Kai in a sense, that there are going to be other people that are going to be that you're going to surround yourself with that is going to have similarities to Cobra Kai. I feel like they should have just had Cobra Kai and not like an ROTC thing. I feel like it should have been like a Cobra Kai extension into this high school so that you can see the depth of how Cobra Kai still is going on. Especially when you think of this with... uh, Silva branching out and extending the business. Yeah, because that's what he said. He said we're going to extend the business everywhere. So I feel like there should have been a 
This should have been like a Cobra Kai extension in Boston. I could see that, but at the same time, though, I wonder if Silva's reputation is also now ruined, though, too, because of the stuff that he pulled. Yeah. And then also, too, if you remember in the third film, though, too, he was also being indicted on some some other stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said he was getting sued. Right, because if you go back and rewatch it, you can actually tell that he was actually going to be getting indicted. He even told his secretary that he's going to be getting indicted for something. Mm. Oh, I have a question for you. Do you okay. like this ROTC type organization over Cobra Kai? I felt like I'm glad that they did something different rather than revolve around uh, Cobra Kai because I felt like, okay, we got Cobra Kai twice in, in, a, in this movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I feel like if they went on ahead and did Cobra Kai again, I think I would actually be fatigued of Cobra Mm, Kai. Okay. Because they did it twice. They did it in the first one, and then they did it in the third one. So for them to go ahead and do something totally different, I'm okay with that. Because, like I said, it shows that just because that dojo is no longer there or those people are no longer involved with Cobra Kai, there's actually going to be some other people that are just going to be just as bad as Cobra Kai. Yeah. I was in ROTC another... way, in high school for like a right. year, and we didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> so we didn't go around and like push people in line. Wait, you mean to tell me you didn't get to bungee jump on prom? No, and... We didn't bungee jump on prom. <laughs> we didn't push people in lockers. We were, we, I will say it, it did feel like you were in another world because ROTC in my high school was like another wing of the high school. So once right. we crossed over the threshold, <laughs> then you would get into ROTC and the colors, it would be like brick walls. Everything is like cold looking. So I will say right. it felt like you were in another universe. Environment. Yeah, yeah. Right. Environment. That's a better word. And there was a lot of training but- and discipline. Not that there weren't bullies, but we didn't push people in lockers. <laughs> No, but I also like the two with the hawk that Julie was taking care of and everything. It just goes to show how much of a human side that she actually is, even though she is shutting other people out of her life. She was attached to that animal. Yeah, yeah, because at first, um, in the beginning scene, when she came home, her grandma was like, what are you doing? Where are you going? She's like, I got to go take care of a friend. And you're thinking, I guess she has a homeless friend. Or maybe that was just me. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, wait, a bird? Okay. Oh, all right. But I like the fact that she cares about animals. Yeah, you know? it, it was like a replacement for her parents, though. You know, like, I'm taking right. care of this, this animal, and I have responsibility over it to care for it and make sure that it's okay. And I wasn't there with my parents. I think she was young when they died. So I had no control over that, but I have control over taking care of this bird. Right. Then, uh, like I said, then there's also the guy that she falls in love with, who happens to be a security guard for the transportation for the train. Yes, and he was in the ROTC gang as well, because um, he needed a recommendation for the Air Force. That's right. But he got right. out of it. Um, Because he thought the rules were a little bit too hard. 
Well, ridiculous, ridiculous though, for the most part. And it's the same philosophy, in a sense. Because when they were practicing in the, um, what do you call that? The field? Um, And they punched a guy in demonstrations, and he was like, what are you doing? Finish him off. Like, you can still see the aspects of Cobra Kai in that. Exactly. And that's my point that I was making, was... You know, you can actually have other aspects of Cobra Kai and someone else. Yes. You don't, and there's also going to be another Crease or another Terry Silva. Their faces might be different, their body types might be different, but their mannerisms and everything else will be the same. Yes, it will be. So I like that aspect of it. Um, I also like the part with the monks. I like the fact after Julie gets suspended from uh, high school. She, uh, she want her and Miyagi goes on a road trip to this monk type of village. Which I had a question about where is this monastery? That's what I want to know. It looked like they went to China <laughs> and they're in some monastery with monks. And I was like, but we're, I thought we were in Boston. And I know they said they're going, unless to... they went up to New Hampshire oh, okay. or something. Because cool. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, maybe they went up to New Hampshire and there's some type of. Monk village up in New Hampshire that I don't know hmm. about. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I thought you would know, John. Uh, Jeez, aren't you from Boston? Don't you know what's up? I'm from yeah. Boston, but I'm not like, <laughs> oh, there's a monk village. Let's go mm. see it, <laughs> or mm. or anything like yeah, that. Apparently, but, this is you know. where Miyagi goes too. So I'm assuming he's been to Boston before, since he knows the I monks. Guess he has. That monastery, yeah, because remember, he said, uh, Miyagi, uh, may not, um, because remember, that goes back to the cockroach scene when she was getting ready to kill the cockroach, and he goes, Oh, don't act like you never killed the cockroach before. He goes, He said, I still respect all things, even though I don't particularly worship the way they do. That's what he's saying, I'm just paraphrasing. But I still respect all living things, and that also includes them. Yeah, yeah, it's, what they it's the same thing. Like you may not respect everybody's beliefs, but if you're going into their home, then you just adapt for that moment out of respect. Exactly. You know, like they don't want you to kill bugs, then you don't kill bugs. Right. Wait till you get home to smash it, but don't do it in front of the monks. <laughs> right. And I also like the whole training that he did with her. Yeah, what did you think about that versus Daniel's training? I thought, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, he, he's like, okay, I already tried the wax on, wax off thing. That didn't work. So he had to think of another way to actually train her. Because even whenever the guy from the pizza delivery car and everything almost ran her over, he she stood in a tiger stance and he even asked her how she learned that. So she has some type of form of martial arts a little bit. Yeah, her her dad but, taught her, right? Which he right. learned from his dad who Miyagi taught. Right. So she knows the tiger stance. But I figured he was thinking, okay, I need to train her in a different way than I did Daniel. Mm, yeah, basically get her out of her element. 
Right. Because she has a bunch of distractions. Yeah. She likes to go shopping and she's always getting in trouble, which half the trouble is it's not really her fault. You know, because like no. when she was going into class, right? And then, you know, Johnny number four, but his name is Nick. <laughs> Ned? Nick. Yeah. Ned. 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 Whatever his name is. Ned. Nick. Yeah, his name is Ned. Ned. I'm sorry. Ned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he just comes into her classroom. I guess this is like a break break period that they had. He comes in there and he's like, hey, you going to go out me or what? And she's like, ew, get away from me, creep. I told you no. And of right. course he plants cigarettes on her. So when the ROTC guy comes in, he's like, oh, I found you was smoking cigarettes. And of course she got in trouble. Right. And this guy's just been believe. harassing her. It's like, why won't you go out with me? All the girls go out with me. And you're the only one that's denying right. what I want. And sexually harassing her, yeah. harassing her yeah. all together. Yeah. Pretty you much. Know? Yeah. And then he like snatched her clothes. Like, you're going to go out with me. She's like, oh my gosh. Which I don't know if people thought of that, you know, that much about that scene, but that's just seems pretty violent. <laughs> And it's a PG-13 movie, yeah. too. That's actually the crazy thing. Yeah, I'm like, okay, he's like all up in her space, and this is pre, um, I was going to say pre-COVID-19, but I guess it, it, <laughs> yeah. I guess it can be that, too. But this is pre, um, oh, man, what's that movement called? Me Too? Yeah, it's pre-Me Too. And he's like harassing this chick, like, you're going to date me, and she told you no. And then you're going to snatch her clothes and get in her face, almost choking her. Like, you're going to date me or what? But whatever. It's supposed to be fun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> la Sorry, guys. Nah. But yeah, I even got that too, though. I'm like, this guy's sexually harassing her, being a total douchebag and everything. This guy definitely deserves to be put in his place. Yeah. Oh, I do have a funny comment since I okay. got too serious there. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know the last scene before she got suspended where the um, Ned and his friends were chasing her all over the school and she was in the lunchroom hiding, right? Yeah. And she was underneath one of the counters and Ned comes on top of the counter looking and taunting. And then she thought, oh, maybe he's far off. And she like peeks from under peeks from out the counter and he's on top of her like oh i see you did that right. not remind you of jurassic park it with did. the raptors it definitely yeah yep okay that did okay i thought i'm gonna be honest with one. you i was like that so looks like jurassic park exactly it had the same the countertops the steel countertops and everything where they were on top right. the raptors were on top of the countertop looking around smelling in the air and they're underneath but yeah, that definitely did remind me of that, though. Oh, thank you. And then <laughs> there's there's also another thing that I like, though, too, was Julie's babysitting. That's at the very beginning, though, too. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Those... And then Miyagi comes in there with like a Nerf football. Because <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did he say her saying was when, get, when she gets stressed out? Grass is green. <sighs> Grass is green or something like that. Something, something. Yeah. 
Because I say that whenever you get stressed out. I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what he was trying to teach her with that because he set up that whole babysitting scenario with those badass kids. Those kids were bad. Yeah. <laughs> were bad. Terrible. Uh, the sun is warm, the grass is green. There you go. Yeah. So if nobody takes away anything from our uh, Karate Kid review, just remember the sun is warm, the grass is green. And and you'll have a good day. Yeah, you will. <laughs> just say it over and over <laughs> until you have a good day. Say, right. I also but... like the scene before they got to the monastery, you know, they stopped at the gas station. Oh, and yeah, then... that goes another sexual harassment thing. Yeah, and then <laughs> Like the redness at a gas station was like harassing Julie, and then all of a sudden they sick the dog on her, <laughs> and I'm oh, like, yeah. what kind of mess is this? And then Miyagi comes and he does his Miyagi isms or whatever he did to the <laughs> dog that turned the dog into a puppy. Like, oh, I'm a puppy! Oh my god, this big Doberman <laughs> with a spike collar is like, oh, pet me, please. He's... <laughs> And then the men are like, what did you do to my dog? Yeah, like, you turned dog to a pussy. What you did to him? <laughs> we don't like your kind around here, you know. Um, right. And then, of course, Miyagi, when he gets into a fight, which you can kind of predict what will happen, he, in a way, his fighting style is to make those that strike him strike each other. So he's like the channel for them to strike each other with the same energy they use against each other. Exactly. The wrench, everything else that they use to actually try and bring Megagi and yeah, Julie down. Yeah, because it's like one of the guys tried to hit him with a wrench, right? And Miyagi kind of slowly moves out the way and he hits his friend in the face with the wrench. Or he gets a glass bottle. And he's right. like, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> and then Miyagi slowly moves out the way gracefully. And then he slices his friend's face. Exactly. Uh, what did you think of the street fight? Oh, at the end? Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. I was. It kind of kind of a uh, rocky kind of feel to it with the street fight. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, oh, gosh. What's the name of that guy? Walter Goggins. Walter Goggins. He yeah. was in there. Wait, he was. He was one of the ROTC guys. Okay, I'm gonna have to go yeah. back and look at that again. Yeah, because I was like, his face was so familiar. Who is that guy? Because I like Walter Goggins. I like what he. I like his roles and everything that he's done. So I'm gonna have to check yeah, him out. Yeah, he had a small part because he was like, "Hey, man, this isn't good. We shouldn't fight like this." And he's like, "Shut up, no weakness." He's like, oh. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the but yeah, there fight, is some cheesiness to yeah, it. Yeah, the street fight scene or the docks. Um, that comes yeah. from when they were bungee jumping, like we mentioned at the prom. You asked me your ROTC don't bungee jump from the ceiling <laughs> the prom. Right. Like, no, we didn't bungee jump. Um, <laughs> so they bungee jumped. Um, uh, Julie and the guy who I forgot his name that was supposed to go to the Air Force. Right. Yeah, that dude. So anyway, they were supposed they walked away from the fight. 
um, and they were leaving, and you know they were about to kiss in front of Julie's um, house. Oh, we also forgot to mention that the monks visited Julie. Oh yeah, that's my favorite thing was the monks. Yeah, they because that was her birthday on the last day when she was in the monastery. She was like, "Oh, my birthday yeah. wishes that you guys will visit us in Boston." And it's like, "Well, no, we never left." The monastery the before, monastery. like that monastery has been there for a hundred some years. Not that yeah, there are hundred over hundred years, years, but that <laughs> that you just never leave the monastery. Anyway, they visited Julie in Boston, and they stayed with her and Miyagi. Um, and this was the the formal dance, and the dude that was going to the Air Force, who well, I forgot his name, he came to um to take her out and then Miyagi yeah. was uh, kind of like a father figure in that sense he was like hey I'm here to pick up Julie and then Miyagi's like strategically cutting what onions or something like oh well what do you, what time you guys gonna get back from the dance you know and then he got his gang of monks over there at the table like yeah what time you gonna get back from the dance you know fanning themselves <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh you coming back at 10 30 well sir the dance don't end at midnight oh so we're gonna do that extra hour um I'm, come i'm gonna bring her back home safely ah. <laughs> <laughs> i also like it when the monks went bowling oh yeah yeah and then they they had those um douchebag bowlers they were like get out of my way and this is how you bowl, you know, basically all these stereotypes, like, you guys don't know what you're doing. And the, bon- the monks exactly. created this zen bowling, right, where they close their eyes, right. and then they let the ball flow, and then miraculously, they make a strike. Right, and then one of them even did the gutter ball. Yeah, and then he closed his eyes, and the ball got out the gutter <laughs> and made a strike. <laughs> It's like okay, and all of a sudden the the <laughs> douchebag bowlers who thought these people are just ignorant Asian people who dress weird, they start adopting the Zen bowling technique where they blindfolded them, and he closed his eyes and made a strike. So it's like they're learning from other cultures and they're tearing down the stereotypes as well. Exactly, and I like that aspect though because we don't we didn't get to see that in other movies or anything like that with the Karate Kid movies or anything like that. So to see their culture be brought into the United States and everything was really good. Yeah, well, I I don't want to get too deep into it because it's supposed to be about fun. Uh, but I all the aspects of the karate movie, you can see that the Americans, when they encounter Miyagi, they're like, oh, you're just this old man. Or they kind of talk down to him, like, go there and put that there. You know, just like he doesn't understand English. But Miyagi is 10 steps ahead of him. Yeah, he is. But anyway, and he may act like he's dumb or whatever, but he's not. No, no. And I always like when they're like, oh, this old guy going to fight us. What is he going to do? That happens it's all the time. Line. Yeah, it does. It happens. It really yeah. does. And he's like, I'll show you. Especially look at Creed. Yeah. 
with the the first time he enters Kreese's, uh studio at Cobra Kai. Yeah. He's like, hey, old man, what you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, who's this old man? What do you think he's going to do? Right. Kick your butt. Right. That's what I'm going to do. He goes, and he even told him, he goes, you got some balls, old yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Old balls. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, the fight is with, there anything? Uh, Julie and Ned. So you know they chase them. Blah blah. blah. Eric, that's his name. So Eric drops Eric. Julie off at her house. The monster peeking like some perps. Like oh no, there they go in the car. What are they doing? You know, outside the window. And then all of a sudden, Ned comes and throws uh, what like a rock and smashes Eric's window of his. He does. Um, Gets a baseball Thunderbird bat. or whatever that was. Yeah. He's like, oh, we should call the police. And he's like, no, I'm going to go after him myself. Which the police should have been called, but whatever. Right. So anyway, exactly. he, he chases him to the dockyards. And everything is set up where you see the barrels. They ha- they're on fire. You know, everything's all Mortal Kombat like. <laughs> that's the 90s for you though I mean everything has to happen on a dock yeah with with fire barrels of fire and everything is so ominous where you're like okay what's going on here and Eric is out the car and Ned of course is in front of his jeep like taunting him to come to him while his people come out the woodworks and put gasoline on Eric's car and blow it up just blow up the man's car. Yeah. It's like, okay, we can't do anything more to him. Let's go ahead and just destroy what he has to drive. Yeah. They just blow up the car and then they gang up on him and fight him. And that's where Walter Goggins comes in and he's already down. Eric is. And the the ROTC guy's like, you know, no mercy. He's like, well, sir, if he had enough, he's on the ground. What else can we do? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, no mercy. Right. And then, of course, Julie miraculously comes with Miyagi, minus the monks. I think they left the monks at the house. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, be gangster, though, right there, they though. They should the monks. Like, yo, what's up? <laughs> We had a fight too. Let my and he even Miyagi even brings up right. Miyagi also brings up the fact that it was five on on one, just like he did in the first Karate yeah. Kid with Daniel whenever he was getting jumped by Johnny's crew. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, this is unfair. You got five on one, and of course, you know, Julie's like, "Oh, I can take Ned," and Ned's like, "You're a girl." You're going to take me. Ha ha ha. You know, so you had a stereotype again. Girls can't fight. And of course, she kicks his butt, and the only defense he has is to throw mud in her eyes so he can punch her. Right. And then that doesn't doesn't even work because she knows how to actually defend herself when she's even blindfolded. Yeah, that's a bitch move. (laughs) Yeah. Because she channeled it. (laughs) You just throw mud in somebody's face, (laughs) then you're going to punch him. Right, bitch. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she channels like this whatever Miyagi taught her about concentrating and focusing, 
focusing in on the target, you know. So she punches him or whatever. Or yeah. she does some type of weird flip kick or whatever. I don't know. I forgot. But her eyes closed. So basically Ned's pride is on the ground because he got beat up by a girl. Girl. Right. <laughs> and, but I wonder if Eric's pride is also damaged though too because a girl had to step in to defend him. He didn't seem to mind. He was like, no, let's go. He's like, oh no, right. she's going to get hurt. And Miyagi's like, no, Miyagi's the only person that believes in this girl because he trained her. Right. You know, he's the only person that didn't say, I can't train you, you're a girl. He was like, no, you're my student. Right. So he's like, no, exactly. Eric, she got this. Eric's like, oh, okay. He didn't seem to mind <laughs> that she was taking no. up for him. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Miyagi has faith in her, yeah. so I need to go in here and have faith in her too. I don't care, she can take my fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like I'm just gonna stay over here yeah I'm gonna stay with me I, you go girl I love you <laughs> whoop that ass yeah team Julie <laughs> and um you know once Ned gets his butt kicked the colonel he comes in like you gonna let that girl beat you up like that what's wrong with you blah 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 no and then some kind of way him and Miyagi fights Right, and then Miyagi does the same exact thing that he did to Kreese. Yes, he makes him fight himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> or the ground. And then does the little thing with his hand, puts him down on the ground, and acts like he's going to kill him. Yeah, but this time he blows in his face. <laughs> right. Instead of, huh, yeah. he, does, he blows in his face. And then he goes down. Like, oh, his breath. Or he knocked me down like the wind. Right. And then everybody like hugs each other. Oh my gosh, we won as they walk past Eric's burning car. <laughs> That's still <laughs> on just fire. Back. And then <laughs> the car's still on fire. They're like, All right, we won. Good job, team. What what I don't get is there's no cops coming. There's no Yeah, nobody there's came. There's no ambulance. Nobody came. No. They just walk. All right, we won. All right. And then Slow-mo. The, uh, the ROTC guys leave, too. They're like, man, this ain't nothing. There's no honor in this, you know. Right. <laughs> it's like, all of a sudden, the, the spell that was cast on the ROTC people are now lifted. Yes. Good. <laughs> and Walter Goggins walks away, too. So, how would you rank them? Well, I didn't. Even, we didn't even get to like the one you absolutely hate, and that half of America hates, which is What's karate. That? The Karate Kid, twenty ten. I we I thought we were going to talk about that one. <laughs> you said you thought we weren't. Yeah, I thought we weren't going to talk about that. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it. That's the only way I can rank it. So anyway, lost getting into <laughs> what? Uh-uh. I don't think it was. <laughs> too bad of a movie uh it's basically like karate kid one but for the new age babies who've never seen karate kid but this is mostly just will smith presents the karate kid 2010 right with his son yeah who the only issue i had with his son like i thought the story was good only because i saw karate kid so maybe that's why i liked it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like this is it definitely does have similarities 
oh wait i've seen this before this is karate kid but yeah except this time instead of them you know detroit to la there's detroit to china (laughs) (laughs) and you know you have jackie chan as mr miyagi um jaden smith uh will smith's son is daniel basically or dre Right. Then you have black and Chinese, which I I don't want to get too deep into it, but I thought that aspect was pretty cool too. Like the relation. I like the concept of that. Yeah, of like black and Chinese, which I think it wasn't so much racial, but just that, like with Daniel going to Japan, here's a foreigner. He's coming into our <clears throat> our country. And he's trying to take my girl, of course, as a girl. <laughs> Here we go Here again. Here we go again. Yeah, a little girl that Dre fell for. Because his mom moved to China because she got a new job. Um, you know, Dre gets bullied by these kids. And he's trying to adapt to the culture as well. Like, he's from Detroit. He is uprooted. He's in a whole nother country. He got all these rules for school. And he's getting and even the uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, the uniforms. Uh, the bullies, they know karate because they are in some karate school, which is like Cobra Kai for China. So basically they grew up with it for a long time. Uh, Dre doesn't know karate at all. He's looking at YouTube videos of karate. Like, maybe I can figure this out so I can defend myself. And these bullies, I'm telling you, that playground scene where Dre first encountered the bullies, that was some hardcore stuff right there. They, like, beat his ass. Like, you could feel it. Like, when he, that was when he like, got, off. like, when they kicked his butt and he slammed on the ground, I was like, dang, that's some hardcore, like, ass kicking right there. Right. But another thing, though, too, is that level of karate is a whole different monster compared to the Cobra Kai karate. Yes, it is. That's Kung Fu. That, what that is, um, is that's Kung Fu. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Because I was like, what? what just happened, dude? And then they like, <laughs> like kicked him in the sternum, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't breathe." <laughs> I'm like, "What kind of children are these?" Oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to go. To- They're a whole lot more violent. <laughs> oh, kicking people in the sternum, <laughs> jeez! And they flipped him, he fall on his head. I'm like, "Wow, dang, bro, wow." But anyway, um. I can see why it was kind of divided with this film. You know, a lot of people, you know, it's Will Smith everywhere. And then his son's in it. And you're remaking a classic. But you're, I guess you're putting a lot into it. Like, you got, okay, you got a black guy. And he's the new karate kid. And then you got him going to China. And it's basically just a remake. And it's, it's, it's like it's trying to be different, but it's still the re um the classic karate kid. Right. He's actually trying to just rehash some of the same stuff and mix in some new stuff. Yeah. To make it fresh. It's like when Michael B. Jordan was in Fantastic Four. And like, does this have to happen? 
But I have to agree. I mean, I like the concept of some of the stuff that Will Smith tried to do with it as a as a producer for the film. You know, I actually like some of the stuff that he did, but I still like my classic Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I um, I thought that it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it talked a lot about culture clash, which reminded me of Karate Kid too. Um. I thought Jackie Chan was phenomenal. And he even asked Miyagi, you know, and the bullies come to Dre and <clears throat> they're beating him up that Jackie Chan steps in. Of course, they killed him in the sternum again, which I don't understand how this kid doesn't have any broken ribs or whatever else. Um, So Jackie Chan comes in and he lets the bullies fight themselves. But I also heard that with the jacket fighting, like, he took one of the bullies' jacket and wrapped it around the other bully's arm, which wrapped around the other bully's leg. And it was like this whole <laughs> knot that happened with the jacket that Jackie Chan came up with that fight move or whatever. That's that what was I actually pretty cool. Yeah, that part was pretty it was, it's complex to explain, but um, it was pretty cool if you look at it. Jackie always has a way of doing stuff like that, though. Yeah. That I admire. Yeah, I love Jackie Chan. I thought he was a little bit too young to be Mr. Miyagi type. But Well, he is pushing at least 60 or something years old, though. Yeah, but... Something like that. In 2010, what was... I don't know how old he was, but I just... I don't know, like, I just had Mr. Miyagi in my head that looked a little bit older. Right. And Jackie looked a little bit youthful. So, I don't know. Now, unless they were thinking that they could pro- probably do something more with uh, Mr. Miyagi's character compared to what they did with Pat's char- character persona of yeah. Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Yeah. If they casted him a little bit younger. Yeah, that's true. Um, But Jaden did a pretty good job. The only thing that bothers me in general about Jaden's acting or I don't think he acts anymore. It seems like he was trying to find himself, right? But also right. that he was trying to walk in his dad's footsteps. Cause every time he acts, I felt like his dad was saying, Do it the way I do it. Scream this way. Cause it just seemed like right. it was like Will Smith in a kid's body. Just no, all the mannerisms of Will Smith. Right, it was like uh, his shadow was over his son. Yeah, and it seemed like Jaden didn't was uh, maybe he was looking for his own path. I don't know. He didn't seem like he was into the whole movie thing anyway. Um, now he's I don't think some so. type of hip hop artist or whatever, so he seems happier. I don't know. Those kids get on my nerves. <laughs> right, it's like you don't know what your passions are. You don't know what you want to do right now, so you're just doing it just to do something. Yeah. To fill the time. Yeah, pretty much. I'm rich and I'm bored. <laughs> I'm gonna do a hip hop album talking about the hood, but I've never been in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, the tournament, which basically is like Karate Kid one, you know, he, uh, Jackie Chan walks into the dojo, blah blah blah. Sees a poster, blah blah blah. So the tournament was, was that quick for you? I thought it was kind of quick. Yeah. 
as well, but you're also dealing with a more of a fast-paced movement kind of karate style when you're dealing with Kung Fu. That's true. Yeah, because Dre does this well. move in the, toward the end of the last round where he does this like flip kick where he's like up in the air and then he flips and then his back leg hits the guy in the face and then he lands back on the ground. Some kind of way. I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> That's his karate flippy thing. Oh, yeah. Jaden's flippy thing. Right. Flippity, flippity thing. Flippity flip. Yeah, he does a flippity <laughs> flip and he kicks the guy in the face. And then he wins right. the tournament and Jackie Chan's like, oh my god, yay! And then Dre's mom's like, oh my god, you won! And then he's standing next to Jackie Chan he's like, we won! Oh my god! Ha ha! The end. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> freeze frame the end. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> but with you, okay. So, how would you rank the original Credit Kid movies in the order they're in? <laughs> well, like, how would you rank them, like, according to how you like them? Oh. Uh, uh Okay. So one is one for me. <laughs> okay. Um. Two. I'm going to switch up to three and I'll put three in two. Okay. And four is four and Jaden is Jaden. Okay, that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mine is going to be the very first one. Then the third one's going to be in the second place spot. Third one's going to be third. But yeah. Uh, oh, and then we're going to talk much... about four. Right. That, that is the fourth one. Oh, okay. But what Which about is the Jaden? Jaden one. Oh, what, yeah, no, that... what about four? Technically, Jaden is five. Right. Okay. So I have Hillary Swanks coming in. Let's see. On the fourth. Okay. And everything. And then Jaden's fifth. Okay. Yeah. That's how I have it. Okay. All right. I guess so, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I have okay. it. Okay. So, was there anything else that you wanted to tackle on, or was that it? Uh, that's about it. Uh, is Cobra okay. Kai going to be second? I mean, uh, separate? <laughs> we can do a whole entire separate one for that. Okay, cool. Because I am going to, whenever the third season does come out, I do want to do a whole entire breakdown of one through three. I already did one and two. But I want to do it with you. I want to do it with somebody else. Okay. So I want to actually break it down from season one all the way to three. Yes, which is coming to Netflix when? Right now, there is no release date yet. Mm-hmm. But I know that production's done with it. It's in the can for season three. And it should be on its way soon. Yes, because you can watch um, season one, episode one for free on YouTube, but the rest you have to get premium, right? Because yeah. otherwise they'll show yeah. you like little clips, which I didn't catch on to. And I was like, just, I was like, I finished season one. And then I caught on <laughs> in season two and I was like, wait, what is this? Oh no. Wait, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so pay attention. Don't be like me. thinking that. To be honest with you, I did the same thing <laughs> when I was binging. I was like, wait, that was a short episode. But I'm like, wait, 
that was just a clip. <laughs> so I went on ahead. I just did the premium for the couple of days and I binge watched both seasons and I canceled it. Man, I should have did that. But I'm just That's how I I'm did. gonna wait as much as long as I can. But if not, I'm just gonna crack and just do what you did and do the premium okay. trial. So that okay. I can see And if it. you do if you do, we can actually just do seasons one and two together. Okay. And then when season three comes out, we can just do a separate seg- segment just on season three. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you for being on the show again. I always have a blast whenever you're on. Oh, thanks for so, having me. Oh, not a problem. Anytime. Yeah, cool. All right. So that's going to do it for today, for today's podcast and everything. I just want to say thanks again for joining us. And as always, until next time. Bye. Bye-bye.